stage. It's been a while preaching. So first and foremost, I want to say hi to my two boys who are watching via webcast from home, Evan and Judah. Uh, Evan is teething very badly, and so mama's at home with him. But she texted me and said they're in tears. The kids are in tears with worship and what's happening, watching live stream, and my son wouldn't eat prior this morning because he's eating so bad, and now he's eating after worship this morning. And so that's the power of the Holy Spirit, right, to come and touch our lives. Um, so we just want to thank the garden, uh, sincerely from the depths of our heart. Thank you for time off. Thank you for giving us space to grow as a family, for me to get, spend much more time with my kids. And so as we come back into more of the teaching, equipping uh, ministry here at the garden, uh, we hope we come back with fresh fire, fresh life, fresh passion. And also, a lot of y'all are new since we were here last uh, there's been a church merger and a lot of people that we don't know. So please come and introduce yourself to us so that we can see you. My daughter Eden's coming up at Middle Isle High Sweetheart. Um, so, and this is our ministry is a family. We are a family that is in ministry. We travel the nations and we are here in Bakersfield planted and super thankful. And how many of you know God is a God of miracles? Right? And we see this on a regular basis in our church family. But how many of you know God would like to see more miracles through your life outside the four walls of the church? And if you didn't know that, you're going to know that today. And there's a new level of responsibility that you're going to have when you walk out of church this morning. Responsibility is not a cuss word. It's called discipleship. If Jesus died on the cross, saved us from our sins. He didn't die to have a powerless church. And he didn't die just to try and get you into heaven. He already placed you there. We're going to talk about that this morning because if you really want to see God do more miracles, you've got to understand who you are and whose you are. You've got to understand your identity. you also got to understand that God is desirous to understand you more. He wants intimacy with you, connection with you. Salvation was the wedding day. Now what we do is the marriage. It's constantly growing and connecting with God Almighty. It is evolving over time, not a past tense. This happened a while ago. Salvation is being worked out through knowing God and Him knowing you. I'm going to go over here on this side. You guys are a little bit more active for me. You have another opportunity in two minutes to gain back my love, okay? I'm just kidding. I love you guys, okay? So, um, but with that, we also need to understand that when God is, is growing in us love and affection, He'll start to speak to us. He'll start to connect to our hearts. He'll give us what I like to call intuition. He'll begin to give us impressions and little drips of information, but not just so that you can intercede. Prayer's good and intercession's good, or for you to have knowledge, it is for you to act on that intuition to be a blessing in someone else's life. Okay, the better. That's better. They did better on this side, okay? But intuition is given because God wants participants. He wants a family who are co-reigning with him on earth because this is what the earth is groaning for is the revelations of the true sons and daughters of God who not only know who they are and speak it, but live it out every single day. I want this church to be known as a signs and wonders church, but I want our city to be known as a signs and wonders city because people will come into our city because they've heard that when you go to Bakersfield, you get healed of cancer. When you go through Bakersfield, you're delivered of tormenting demons. Because the church has the authority, we are the, on the offensive, not on the defensive. And where we go, 
as a family of God, we are releasing the presence of God wherever we go. It's not participating with the, with the worship band and who is up here leading us or what type of songs that we sing. We are continuously in the presence of God Almighty because where can we go from His presence? And that is what identity will do for you when you transform your mindset and your way of thinking through study because as you study God, you get to know Him and you become more like Him. And as you become more like Him, you are transformed. And everywhere you go, you're more infectious than coronavirus with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's time, church, to wake up. It's time for us to get about this. And this is why it's so important because... The powerlessness of the church is why we see faithlessness in our society. A generation after Joshua arose in Israel that did not know God nor the works of God. And it's dependent on seeing God move and operate through powerful miracles that connect us that He is a God that is alive, that is real. Not just a conceptual thought process, but a God who can be experienced in this lifetime. The, the world is looking for God, whether they know it or not. They are looking for love. They're looking in all the wrong places, but we have the answer, and it's Jesus. My wife and I were on a business trip in November in Cabo, and we were, on, we're, we're health coaches with our business, and one of the team members had, had messaged me privately and asked, hey, can I connect with you? And I said, sure. And I, I honestly thought it was about something with our business. And so the only time that we had was kind of right after breakfast on a Sunday morning. And so I told, I told them to meet me outside the pool. And so we actually, we got into the pool, like no one was in there because it's like 9 a.m. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, what did you guys want to talk to me about? And they said, well, we just feel out of place here at this conference. And I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? Like, I'm sure you're a great health coach. And like, no, there's all these people who love Jesus here and we just don't feel like we fit in. And I'm like, okay, so that's like a different conversation. So I said, well, well, tell me a little bit more. Say that out loud. Tell me a little bit more. Because sometimes someone doesn't need, like, you to prophesy over them or for you to pray for them. They need you to ask a profound question that draws out what are they really going through, and they need someone to listen powerfully. It's about building a relationship with people, not drive-by healings. It's about effective discipleship and mentorship and investing our time and our lives into others because— he loves them, and we should love them too, right? To give us our time to them. And so I'm listening. I'm like, tell me more about that. And with just starting to have tears come out of her face, it's like, I just feel this pull. <laughs> I know what that pull is, right? She does not know what that pull is. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit is pulling on people all across the world because he loves them. He did not send Jesus to die on the cross to condemn the world, but to save the world. He's actually moving ahead of us before us so that we walk into good works. We just got to show up. But if we're not looking for the opportunity, not connecting through intuition out of intimacy and identity, we're missing miracles on a regular basis because we're choosing to shut the voice of God off in our life out of selfishness. We are all called to preach the gospel, not just evangelists. We're all called to heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. Yes, raise the dead. And to be those who love people effectively. This message was given on July 4th. You can listen to it. Pastor David talked about this. Jesus gave his disciples authority to do this. Now it's our opportunity to do this. And so I was there in the pool. And it's the first time I've ever led someone to Jesus without my shirt on. Very unusual experience, okay? Uh, and it's totally illegal because we're in a pool in, in Cabo, but 
she's talking to me about this pole and all these scenarios in her, her life and her husband's life that had connected them. And I said, can I be honest with you? Can I tell you what that pole is? And they're like, yes! So that's the God of the universe who's been in your life causing you and calling you to show you these different steps. And he's in love with you and he wants a relationship with you. Have you ever heard the gospel message before? The good news of what he's done for you. And they said, we've never heard of the term gospel before. So right there in the pool in Cabo, 9 a.m., we led this couple to Jesus. They, we baptized them because we already was water, right? Might as well just get her done right then and there. We baptized them, and we had two other ministers there. They came over, began to pray, prophesy over them, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and their lives have been radically transformed since November because of intuition, recognizing the conversation and what the Holy Spirit is doing and being available. I want you to say, I want to be available. And will you be available for God to move in your life? Do you want to see God do more miracles in your life? Do you want to see God do more miracles in your life? Then you're also asking God for more problems. What? Mathematical equation. A plus B equals C. C is a miracle. A, problem. Plus divine intervention equals miracle. We like the B part, God, a miraculous God, but no more problems. No more financial issues, no more strain on relationships, no more pain in my body, right? But that is why we need God in our life, because it's not about us doing miracles. It's He is the one who's doing miracles. It's us partnering and positioning ourselves with Him to do the miracle. So as we look at this, you need to understand it's biblical, right? It's scriptural. Jesus said, hey, the works that I do, and what are the works that He did? What are some of the things that He did? Raise the dead. What else did he do? He healed the sick, right? Did he multiply food? Right? Did he walk on water? Yes. He, did he bring people to salvation? Yes. A lot of amazing works. He said, I want you to do the same thing. But also that, you collectively are going to do greater works. And here's the thing. He did so many miracle works. John the apostle says that all the books in all the earth could not contain all the miracles that he did in his three year and a half years of ministry. 65% of the gospel of Mark is miracle stories. Does 65% of your life look like miracles? Uh, welcome back from sabbatical. Way to challenge this first message. Not even going after the heartfelt, warm, gooey-gooey message. Listen, we already know he did the work. Now it's time for us to do our part. Okay? Why? Because he loves you. He loves others. We need miracles in our life. So today, if you can remember these three words, I want you to say out loud, identity, identity. Intimacy. intimacy, intuition. Identity is who you are and whose you are. It's understanding from the scriptural understanding of, of what Christ has done for you. One of the best things that you can do is go to the discipleship school starting in September with Pastor Mike and get that foundation of God's word and understanding what Christ has done for you. Because once you see what he's done for you, you'll begin to walk in so much more confidence because it really isn't about you. It's about what he's done for you and living out of that promise. Then intimacy is growing in that relationship with God, as I've talked about, is per the pursuit. Say the pursuit. How many of you ladies in the room love for your spouse, your, your husband to pursue you in marriage 20 years after it's happened, right? Love, romance, okay? G okay, some of the husbands are like, shut up, okay? This is a wake-up call for you, sir, okay? 
My wife and I just celebrated 11 years yesterday of marriage. And this past year has been amazing of just continually growing in love and affection for each other. We're, we're constantly growing and evolving. So many times you have to redate your spouse and get to know the person they're becoming, right? Amen. As we are healed, restored, and grow. But also intuition is what we'll describe as God speaking to you. God does not just speak to you because he loves you and wants relationship with you. He speaks to you because he wants to move on, on other people's behalf through your life. The Holy Spirit has come into you to regenerate you, to help you connect with God through sanctification. But the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power to minister to others. And some of you have been desiring for a greater anointing in your life, but if you're only doing it for yourself, why would God answer your heart or your heart cry if you won't give it away to someone else? I'll try, Becca, I'll try. So, the Holy Spirit is inside of you for you, but he comes upon you in power for others. He anoints you because he wants to move through your life. But many people seek the anointing of God because they're looking for a platform when God is wanting to see people who are not looking for a name, not looking for a platform because they're so passionate in pursuit of him and to love others that he'll anoint them with power to go do the works of Jesus outside the four walls of the church. Is that better, Becca? Is that okay? All right. Okay. So, Daily, on a level, are we seeking the kingdom of God? This is in the passage in Matthew 6 where Jesus is equipping his disciples and they said, teach us how to pray. And he's saying, seek heaven, right? Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he's saying, seek the kingdom of God. Seek his righteousness. And when Jesus preached the gospel, he said this over 100 times in the gospels. The kingdom of God is at hand. I want you to stick your hand out like that. How far away is the kingdom of God from you? But are you aware that the kingdom of God is present? It's not about it isn't here. It's about our awareness, our intuition, right? Are we tapping in, connecting to the voice of God, the presence of God, the life of God? One of my favorite stories, um, and I'll try and share this quickly. It's hard. In uh, 2013, uh, on Valentine's Day, I went to go have coffee with a friend. We were uh, connecting in a, in a city called Westchester. Yes, Becky, Westchester, Pennsylvania. Okay, representing my girl. All right. And, and so we were just talking about Jesus, and this young man sits next to me. He's eating some lunch. And the more and more that we're going through our conversation, this kid starts moving closer to us. And it's visible that he's trying to, you know, eavesdrop on our conversation. Then he stops his meal. And he goes, excuse me, sirs, are you guys Christians? And I said, yes, we are. And he's like, well, what church do you go to? And I'm like, well, I go to this church. And he kind of stopped. He goes, are you charismatic? And I said, well, if you have to, like, put me into a classification of Christianity, sure, I'm charismatic. And he said, well, this is what I can't stand about charismatic Christians. And he just starts going off on all this list of, like, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, how dare you judge me because I believe in spiritual gifts. You don't know me. Now, I, okay, I didn't act that way. I thought it, okay? All right? But now I'm ticked off. What a jerk, right? Like, I love Jesus with all my heart, and I'm a good charismatic. I'm not a flaky one. I genuinely believe in Scripture, right? Okay? And so I'm annoyed. I'm not filled with love and compassion. I'm going to smack this kid across the face. He doesn't understand. I have two master's degrees in theology. I can crush him in a debate right now on charismatic theology. <laughs> but I smile, and I do this. I want you to put your hand up, your, uh, up like this. So I just had you do this, but I want you to do this. We all have a spirit man. 
that is not confined to our body unless we try and continue to keep our physical spirit inside of our body. We have the ability to tap into heaven. A spirit man that is present with the Lord. And so I started to tap into, you can put your hand down now, okay? All the ministry school students know exactly what that is, the antenna, okay? And to say, all right, Lord, you've brought this young man into my life. He's now entered my zone like the woman with the issue of blood entered into the zone of Jesus. So now he's now operating out of the kingdom of God operation because wherever I go, heaven goes with me. Wherever I go, Jesus goes with me. So, Lord, you brought this young man into my life. What do you have for him? And the Lord said, he's got pain in the back of his neck. And I said, you know he has an offense with spiritual gifts, right, Lord? And he's like, I'm very aware of that. I'm like, okay. So I just let this kid do his thing, and I'm like, and I just told him, isn't it amazing that we can still love Jesus and be brothers in the faith even though we have differences on theology and scripture? And the kid's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And I said, well, since I am a charismatic and I do believe in spiritual gifts. I want to bless you with one of my spiritual gifts. It's called a word of knowledge. And God just spoke to me. He says that you have pain in the back of your neck, don't you? And he said, how did you know that? And I said, because I'm a charismatic. So, and so I said, so, and I asked him, can I pray for you? He goes, you can pray for me later. And I said, you interrupted my conversation, I'm going to interrupt your lunch. And I put my hand on his neck. See, the laying on of hands can sometimes be optional. That was a joke. Okay, please don't take that out of context. Okay, I asked permission first. Now he's forced me to lay hands on him, okay, because now I'm annoyed. So I just put my hand on his neck and I said, I just command healing to happen right now. And as I'm praying for him, he's eating his soup as fast as possible. He's like, get me out of this conversation. He started it, right? He interrupted my conversation with coffee. And so I prayed for him, and I said, do me a favor. Can you check your body out and see if there's any difference? And he goes, I'll be, I'll be healed when I get to heaven. Oh, everything inside of me wants to smack him across the face. You have no idea what is opportunity. But this is where a lot of Christians are at, right? That's their mentality. I used to be there, right? I didn't understand about the healing power of God. So I encouraged him, and I said, hey, when you go back Throughout the day, keep checking your neck out and see if there's any difference. I truly believe by the time you get home from work today, you're going to be completely healed. And he says, thanks, got to go. And he left, okay? That was lunch. Six hours later, I'm now back in my hometown of Exton, Pennsylvania, which is about a 30-minute drive. And I go to the mall, and we're going to go out to eat because it's Valentine's Day. And I end up going to the food court. And guess who's in the food court? That kid from lunch. And when he was at the coffee counter and he turned around and he saw me, I had a big smile on my face and he had two cups of coffee and he goes, this is where you can have a little bit of fun with people. And I pointed at him in the mall. I said, God is trying to get your attention. <laughs> and, and he's like, dude, I was just telling my girlfriend about this crazy charismatic I met at lunch because I've been checking my neck out and all the pain is gone. And I sat with him. I'm like, dude, don't judge charismatics just because of what you've seen. There are true, genuine people who love the Lord, love Jesus, who believe in spiritual gifts and use their gifts to serve others, not for flakiness or to hype themselves up. And so for me, when it comes about intuition, sometimes intuition comes to you. Other times you got to pursue it. Okay? That's where faith comes in because if we know God is at hand at all times, he's available at all times, but sometimes we have to press in when we see a need in someone else's life. Just not accept, well, it's just God's lot. It will happen when it happens. I hear many times when people share a need, someone will say, 
I'll be praying for you. How about we just stop right then and there and pray for them to be healed in that moment? Because in that moment, it's scarier on your side because you're not sure if God's gonna actually show up. You'll never actually know if he does show up unless you pray to see if he actually will show up. You guys doing okay? All right, fourth slide. We're not going to get through all of them. I'm just letting you know. It ain't going to happen, all right? But we need to understand that Jesus is the model, right? Isn't Jesus amazing, right? He's the one who's done the work. He's done this for us in our lives. But he had this tremendous experience before he even entered into earthly ministry where John the Baptist baptized him in water. And then he came up out of the water, and three things happened. It says the heavens were ripped open over his life. It says the Spirit of God came upon him like a dove. And it says that the Father spoke from heaven, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Identity, who Jesus was. He is a beloved Son. There's an intimate connection. Does it say that the Holy Spirit left after he came upon Jesus? No, there's personal presence constantly filling and on top and flowing over Jesus' life. The third thing, it says the heavens were ripped open over his life. Does it say the heavens were ever came together again? The heavens were ripped over the life of Jesus. It means that Jesus had access to heaven while on earth. And so he spoke this again to his disciples in John chapter 1, verse 51. It says, And truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened, and the angels of God will be ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is a very peculiar verse because the other three Gospels do not have this verse listed. There's only one other place in all of Scripture where it talks about angels ascending and descending. And this goes back to Genesis chapter 28, where Jacob had a dream. And in this dream, Jacob saw a ladder. Say ladder. What do you do with the ladder? Come up, ascend, and descend, right? That's the ladder is ascending between heaven and earth. And angels were going up and angels were going down. And Jacob woke up from the dream and says, oh my gosh, God was in this place and I didn't even know it. God is accessible 24-7, day and night, but are we aware that God is in our midst? Either the Bible is true or it's not. The psalmist says, where can I go from your presence? If I go into the heavens or go below the earth, I cannot go anywhere without your presence. And that was an old covenant, guys. Okay? So with that, angels ascending and descending, Jacob also says, this is none other than the gateway of heaven. What is a gateway? What does a gate do? It opens or shuts. It allows access or denies access, right? So Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, our forefather Jacob who had a dream— I'm the fulfillment of the dream because now angels are going up and down on me and I am the ladder. That does what? Connects heaven and earth. It connects us relationally, right, to the Father. When we were separated from God with sin, guess what? Jesus came and built a bridge so that we could connect to God the Father through relationship, right? Right? But it's also through a different realm called the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the ladder that connects that dimension. So let me ask you this. Where is Jesus right now? He's in heaven. Where else is he? In us. He's also everywhere. He's omnipresent. So if Jesus is in you, and he's a ladder, a gateway to another dimension, what does that make you? Baffled. The whole congregation. Not one response. First time that's ever happened. What does that make you? A gateway. A ladder from heaven to earth. From earth to heaven.
in 2006, I was in Brazil, 20 years old, coming from a very traditional background where I never saw God do miracles. I was taught that those miracles don't exist anymore. Spiritual gifts don't work anymore. And if you find anyone that operates in them, be fearful of them. I was raised in that for 20 years of my life. And when I went to Brazil, I saw blind eyes, deaf ears, and people get out of wheelchairs who were lame from birth. And it changed my life. But this one miracle changed everything for me. And why this is so important, okay, is that Scripture says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places right here, right now. This is not a futuristic tense. This is present reality because we are present with the Lord and He's with us. It's a mystery, but there's truth. Does that make sense? It's not fully realized, but it absolutely can be partially realized. And there's no mention of Scripture of there being any limitation on the aspect of how much of heaven you can be realized while you're on earth. Who is in heaven? Jesus, yes, right? Come on, the number one answer. Who else is there? God, right? Who else is there? Holy Spirit, who else is there? Angels, who else? Us. There's saints, right? Very weird dogs, pets called living creatures with lots of eyes, you know, different faces. Talk to God about that when we get fully there about why, okay? But what, what are the attributes of heaven? What is heaven like? Peace, healing, Joy, perfected in the Lord, no tears. Restoration. So when we're praying for those things, they're not just the attributes of Jesus, it's a realm. It's heaven itself that we're praying. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which you're already there because you're with him and he did it, right? So I'm in Brazil, and I'm faced with this obstacle because I have a mother bringing me her, her six-year-old son named David. And I had seen about a week of healings and miracles, and I was just growing in faith. But I, I was really comfortable with belly aches and, 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 and hangnails. But the cancer and the blind eyes, I like, send it to the super spiritual people, right? I'm like, I'm a newbie. I'm a baby healing person, okay? And, and so this mother comes to me and says, my son was born four months premature, and because of that, he can't hear, he can't speak, and he can't walk. So all that week of healing testimonies that I saw, that faith left the room. I was like, crap. I don't know how to pray. There's no Bible study that says, here is the way that you pray for three major miracles in a person's life. Good luck. Take five hours. Have fun. Like, there's nothing that, but all that is happening in my head at that, in that moment. But I remembered a testimony. I want you to look at your neighbor next to you and say, I have a testimony. Doesn't have to be your testimony. You are hearing testimonies at this church and through others' lives of God's miraculous power. And we need to be testifying those miracle stories so that our children know of the miracle working God. Not just talking about politics, not just talking about the weather and all the other stuff going on. But at the dinner table, we we're talking about how Jesus has changed our life, how he is changing our lives, how he's changing other people's lives. Because if they don't hear it, they're going to be looking for something else in a different way. That's why I don't believe I want to be a generation like in Judges 2 that didn't know God and know the works of God. Okay? So I'm in there in that moment, and I just, the testimony that I remember was that someone in Africa had prayed for a young boy who was a deaf mute. All they did was hold him for about 20 minutes, loved on them. Then when the boy was placed down, he was instantly healed. No one laid hands on him. No one prayed for him. I heard that story. So in that moment, I didn't know what to do, but I remembered. Say remembered. A testimony. And so I said, can I hold this boy? And she said, sure. And I held this boy, 
The boys are staring at me. Right? Have you ever held a boy that doesn't know who you are? It wasn't like this all harp playing and angels showed up and manifested. No, it was like awkward moments, okay? So I closed my eyes and I had this thought. Say thought. And I said, Lord, your word says that I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. And in my mind, this is what I'm thinking. If I am seated with Christ, if I'm sitting with Christ, I'm at the right hand of God, which means if I'm at the right hand of God, that means where I sit, all I have to do is look left and God's right next to me at all times. Changes the game. Changes the relationship. So I said in my heart, God, if that verse is true, I want to experience it. So I said, so I don't know how to pray, so I'm just going to hand this boy to you. And I did a physical act like this, putting my dependency, right? This kid, A, has a problem, needs a miracle. B, I need divine intervention, so C, I want a miracle. So I am the gateway of putting that boy into a relationship that I have God eternally with God because of what Christ has done for me, not because of my good works, just because I showed up and became a son of God. I'm a child of God. So are you. And I just said this thing in my heart, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, put him on his feet. And I'm thinking, well, you just gave him to me like 30 seconds ago, and I don't know, I thought this would take like two hours for this miracle to happen. Do you ever, ever overanalyze the voice of God in your life? Like, is that my voice? Is that the devil's voice? Is that God's voice? I don't really sure, so let's take, you know, start to analyze it. I'm doing this in this moment, okay? Should have happened a lot faster, but that's just me. And so I just said, if this boy is not healed and I put him on his feet, the mother's going to scissor kick me in the face. Because I, she just handed him to me. But what if he's healed? You'll never know. You'll never know. Unless you act on the intuition. So I put the boy on his feet. The boy ran down this, across the, the floor, up the stage stairs, and started running across the stage. And I looked at the mother, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I thought you told me he couldn't walk. And the mother's like, and I'm, and I'm like, holy crap, it worked. Oh my gosh, it worked. <laughs> when you want to live a life of the miraculous, stay hungry and humble like that, where you are mesmerized every time God does it. Stay faith, stay, stay your faith like a child. Like, why well, I love Pastor Mark and why we're giddy and we jump and we're excited because he healed again. You can't get tired of miracles. If you're tired of miracles, you've lost your intimacy with God. Miracles demonstrate that God is real and that God is good and he's in our life, all right? And so we prayed for that boy. He spoke and he heard for the very first time in his entire life. He was instantly healed with no prayer, nor declaration. But I learned something 15 years ago, church. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. How about you? Go back here, okay? We need to know our identity. Get a part of, again, Pastor Mike's school in the fall. Get connected to going deeper into God's word. Because when we know God's word, we transform our mind, we are transformed, right? That's who you are, whose you are. Intimacy is building and growing in that relationship with God. And these two things, I believe, because people want prophecy, they want spiritual gifts, they want to see miracles, but they're unwilling to go deeper in identity and intimacy. And God is looking for people who will go into relationship with God like John, who says, I want to lay on your chest. I want to be intimate with you. I want to know your heartbeat. I want to be your friend. How many of you want a deeper relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit? 
Intuition is this felt perception, knowing, gut feeling, discernment, sensation, impression, picture, vision, dream, voice. This, I, I try to get as many adjectives in there that possible because that is what intuition is. You sense or perceive that God wants to do something. For some of you, it may be that when you're in prayer in the morning, God puts someone on your heart, right? They just come into your mind or a picture of them come to your mind. Don't just intercede for them. Reach out to them and say, hey, you're on my heart today. How are you doing? Right? Show interest in their life and how what's going on. You don't have to go in with a thus saith the Lord. Find out what's going on and then partner with them and pray for them what's on their heart. Are you alive? Intuition needs obedience for it to equal a miracle. You can't go around saying, well, I just hear God all the time. If it isn't present in your life through fruit, I question it. Phone drop. Okay. Most of the time when intuition comes, because it, it, intuition grows as you go more intimate with God, is that the majority of the time, we are freaking out on the inside. Was that you, God? Is that really what you see? If you really want me to go pray for that person, can you have five balloons magically appear? Come on, let's be honest. We know we do this. Like, if you really want me to do that, 17 fleeces over the next 17 years, okay? No, <laughs> it's very simple. Act upon the intuition, but it takes courage. Say courage. courage. Which is faith that trusts that God would show up. And guess what? Sometimes when you do it, it really wasn't God. But God is not there saying, bad. How dare you try and do and act on impressions? He's there. Good job. Hey, next time we'll do it a little bit differently, all right? But I'm proud of you, son and daughter, for trying to run for the first time in your life around this. And Pastor Donna confirmed this. This fall, we're going to have equipping classes here at the Garden, not only with the school, but how to grow in different spiritual gifts, revelatory gifts, to grow in your intuition. But I don't want to focus on the intuition without identity and intimacy, because if you will do those two things, intuition is automatically going to happen. You're going to hear the voice of God and know your heart, know his heart. So when intuition comes, don't dismiss impressions. Uh, well, it was just a, a very, very interesting picture. Listen, to, tap into that. Ask the Lord, hey, why did you give me that picture? Who is it for? Start asking questions, right? Uh, the quicker that I find that I move on intuition, that faster that my rational brain can't catch up and try and overthink the situation, okay? So I got good news. You have new responsibility this morning. Whoops. <laughs> Welcome to the garden. Jesus has done the work. He loves our worship. He loves our emphasis. But he's desirous to make Bakersfield beautiful. He's desirous for the lost sons and daughters of God in our city, in our community. And if they won't hear it through our lips, and how are they going to hear the gospel message? How are they going to know the miraculous work of God? My prayer is, is that as I love the testimonies of healings, like, like Pastor Mark being healed, um, and Sandra being healed, Sandra, right? Okay, Sandra being healed, uh, and her knee, but I would love to have more testimonies of healings of miracles on the streets than what we have in our services. And it's going to take courageous Christians to step out in faith, put their antenna up, and ask God, what do you have for this person this morning? What do you have for this person today? What's on your heart? Because I love you, Jesus. And because I know you love me, I know you love them too. I want you to stand up. I'm going to pray for you this morning. Altar ministry team, if you can come up to the front at this time. I've emphasized a lot of intuitive miracles that 
that reveal the healing power of God, of physical healing, um, of, of hearing wor words of knowledge. But I want to let you know, from the heart, the greatest miracle of all is salvation, right? The greatest miracle of all is a, is a, is a life renewed and restored. And if you're here this morning and you're like, who, who, wh who is this Jesus that you're talking about? I want to invite you in a moment to come up to the front and talk to one of our friends up here and just say, I want to get to know this Jesus that Timothy is talking about. You might be here this morning and you're like, man, my intimacy is out the door. That I got married to Jesus, but the, but the marriage is, is not good. I've not been faithful to the marriage. And you've got to take a radical ownership over your part of the relationship. Jesus has done it. He's been faithful. It's time for us to ramp up our faithfulness. Let's be honest, honest conversation. Because if you want to see the miracles of God, he's looking for faithful ones. It is a prerequisite for you growing in this area is your faithfulness. So I'm going to ask you to hold out your hands like this, and I'm going to pray for a prayer of impartation. The, the, the Lord says that the apostles and prophets would go about laying hands on, on the first generation of disciples and that the Spirit of God would come upon others, that spiritual gifts would begin to be stirred up in people's lives. And I want to pray for that prayer this morning, that there would be a new level of miracles come upon this church, that there would be a new level of intuition, but most importantly, that our eyes would be open to see the Holy Spirit. Our eyes be open to see it just as Jesus says, I can only do what I see my Father doing in heaven. So Father, right now I ask for an impartation of identity, of intimacy. God, would you take people into the secret place with you, God, that you would revive the secret chambers of their hearts, that you would awaken them to be able to say no to the distractions of this world, the excuses of this world. That they would take radical ownership over the lack of the intimacy of their own life with Jesus and that they would wake them up and revive them and say, it is time for me to step into my purpose and my destiny. And I ask you, Father, this morning, would you stir up intuition, stir up spiritual gifts, stir up gifts of wisdom and revelation and understanding. And would you release a new, fresh boldness and confidence that is not just the people who are on stage doing miracles, that we are a miracle people. We are a miracle children of God, that we are a people, we are a church family that is representing heaven on earth in our community, and that we would be known as a signs and wonders and miracles church, but also a signs, wonders, and miracles city. In Jesus' mighty name, I ask God that you release a fresh anointing upon this church family. And even as they come into services on Sunday mornings uh, in our small groups, that there would be an expectation of God moving in our midst. Increase our faith in this hour. In Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, and let's give the Lord a hand for his presence here this morning.